This is the Reluctant Leader podcast, brought to you by the Reluctant Leader Academy. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and in each episode, I will invite an expert guest to discuss a topic or subject that will enhance your knowledge and hopefully inspire you on your leadership journey. If managing people is becoming your biggest headache, then check out the How to Lead Your Team with Confidence course and join the next group program starting soon. So let's see who's in the hot seat today. Today, I'm talking to Chris Byrne. Chris founded B2B Networking Events Limited in October 2019, which is a national network of B2B business professionals, where the focus is on building enjoyable, long-term and profitable B2B business relationships. He believes that everyone benefits from staying connected, supporting each other and talking through all challenges and successes. Away from B2B networking, he is also the owner of confidential document specialist company CSRB Limited. In addition, he volunteers in the Greater Manchester area for a range of organisations supporting the elderly, most vulnerable and our fantastic NHS. I hope you enjoy this chat we had about staying connected and I'll catch you all on the other side. Chris, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Good to be here. Uh, um, uh, as always, I'm looking forward to this conversation, and uh, particularly because um, you might share with us one of the things you do in your spare time. Um, so I'm sure this um, is going to be an entertaining conversation, as always, when uh, when we uh, connect, it always is. Um, but before we get stuck into the topic of staying connected, I ask all my, quest- all my uh, guests the same question, and that is, why do you do what you do, and what was the pivotal moment that took you down that path? Thanks very much, Mark. Um, yes, um, the pivotal moment for me was the the passing of my father. Actually, um, it, he he suffered from mental health for over uh, ten years, um, which led to alcoholism and, and sadly, unfortunately, suicide. So he was he was alone um, after splitting from from my mother, uh, and he spent the last five or six years of his life. Um, Living on his own, obviously with family still visiting him, but it, it was a it was a bit of a sorry demise from the father that you knew growing up. And we had a you know I don't want this to be a, a sort of pity speech because we had a very fulfilling family relationship and a very nice childhood. And he brought up two very you know uh, competent and polite children. Although I let other people judge on me, um, I'm probably talking about my sister there to be honest. But uh, so that he was my main inspiration, and I then vowed that I never wanted anyone to feel lonely be that in their, their private lives or in their business life. Um, so that was basically the, uh, the reason, Mark, that I set up B2B networking events to allow people to stay connected. And I also do work in the charitable sector on making sure that people are connected and never feel lonely. Right. Well, that's, that's a powerful um, opener, that's for sure. And obviously really um, brings home the, the, the fact that um, staying connected is a, a really important thing. Um, and um, we're going to obviously explore it in a bit more detail, but actually um, it's part of our, our well-being and, and, and keeping our, us in a healthy state of mind uh, and all those things. So thanks for that. Um, so staying connected, it's a topic that, um, well, you chose to, to talk about is something obviously you're passionate about. Um, and, uh, so where do we start? Where, where would you start with this? I think, I think the, what the current situation, I think, you know, you know the COVID-19 situation, yes, worldwide pandemic that we just wind back a couple of months, 
Um, and it was, you know, over Brexit without going political over Brexit, you know, and 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 we, we've been dealt this hand, uh, and there's there's many different things that can go off that. But I think one of the main things is is this thing of staying connected in a positive manner, um, and that spans people of all backgrounds. Uh, it spans across business. It spans across the elderly and, and those most vulnerable in society, um, and it also. You know, I think it's in a way it will bring people together in a way that this country and the world hasn't seen for quite a long time. So uh, the reason I chose Stay Connected is there's so much debate, there's so much um, good content out there at the moment. There are still a hell of a lot of people that aren't seeing the benefits of what me and you are seeing the benefits of today. So uh, Mm. that was the main reason for my topic, Mark, really. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. And I think you mentioned technology, um, and there's obviously there's two ways you can think about this. Technology, in a way, uh, forces us apart, uh, some could say. Um, but actually, at the moment, we've got the opportunity to use technology in a good way to keep, um, and we're actually embracing it because it's the only thing we can use, really, to stay connected. Uh, so that's something that's good that's come out of um what's happening to us, it's actually embracing actually the technology that, was, that we already had to, um, to help us stay connected. Um, but I think if we go back to you know, staying connected within a, you know, a business scenario, uh, and obviously this is the, you know, the Reluctant Leader podcast, so I suppose it's a, it, it is about business, but I mean, we speak on all sorts of topics. But in a business scenario, staying connected um, can, especially in a leadership position, can lead to loneliness if you are not finding someone to actually connect with on your level. And I think I, I think that's where networking is very important, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. You, you're right. If if we look at this from the, the business angle, um, networking is is absolutely vital, and, it, and it's one of the main things out there that can help with staying connected it can help with some of the the, the sort of effects of not staying connected um loneliness and and that sort of support and accountability side of it as well and and you know there's been recent surveys um of ceos both over here in europe and uh, and over the pond in america as well where you know they've done snapshot surveys and they've found that over 50 percent of ceos uh, are, are just experiencing some degree of not feeling connected either to those around them, to their their workforce, or, or actually sometimes it affects their, their personal life when they, they go home as they feel they've got the world on their shoulders. So it is very important when you're in a leadership role to feel not just connected to those on the same maybe management tier as you that you consider your peers, but to feel connected with everyone in the business in the wider business community because there'll be another ceo or another business leader if you know only too well that will be experiencing those exact same feelings that you're going through at the moment yeah absolutely and i think um uh, back in my retail days um i, I didn't really embrace networking because i because i made the mistake of thinking networking is about getting business and i thought the only reason why i would go networking is to expand my business but there's so much more to it than that isn't there Absolutely, um, totally, and you know, I was in a similar boat. My background was in in, in retail, um, sort of twenty years ago, uh, and then I went off into sort of the area of um, area of sales and, and BDM roles, which 
was your sort of first relationship builder, really. And, and that's what networking I see it as, is relationship building. Um, and staying connected is relationship building as well. And it's very interesting how different people approach networking, whether you're uh, a, an owner of a business, whether you're a key stakeholder in that business, or whether you're an employee that's been told to go out there and, and, and say, find some new business leads. It puts a lot of pressure on the individual if you're not, if you don't really get networking and you don't understand how to network. Uh, and it was one of the main reasons, you know, for starting B2B networking events was not just to have another networking group out there. It was to focus in specifically on that B2B marketplace, those decision makers out there in business, and to actually build long-term relationships by looking at people that operate in similar markets and can also be also a pillar of support because you're quite right. You picked up on you just maybe being a sales angle to go out and sell. If you go out and sell to people in a networking environment, they switch off immediately. It really is about building those long-term relationships, which you can really reap the benefits of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also I think, yeah, you mentioned it there and it's, it's about being in a position to, to ask for help as well. Once you've um, established that, that um, understanding and trust within, you know, a, a group that you go to regularly, that gives you much more um, of a feeling that you can actually ask people for help. And again, not asking for someone even to um, to engage their services, but it's just actually reaching out so that you can just have someone as a sounding board. I mean, that's really valuable. And I've, I've done that many times. I guess you have too. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah I've got I, I, some of now my closest friends um, have been – uh, I've met them at, at networking events or they are now partners uh, in B2B networking. And, um, and that includes you yourself, obviously, Mark, but it's, you know, there's lots of, there's lots of benefits you can get off making these relationships. It's not all just business related, having a sounding board, um, accountability. Uh, a lot of us like shiny things. It, it's very easy to get distracted. I, you know, I like, mm-hmm. I like a shiny thing and it's great that I've got someone on the end of the phone but mostly is you know seven days a week you know they'll let you phone them up on the weekend which is very generous of them and you can go and sound something off to them and they'll they'll give you an honest answer of whether that's right or right wrong or somewhere in between and whilst obviously because you trust them you've built up that trust through relationship building invariably nine times out of ten i I implement what they've said it's a sort of very good uh, phone a friend from who wants to be a millionaire really you just you accept that you know that is the right answer absolutely absolutely and and leads me on quite nicely to the next thing that I, I thought we'd talk about and that's the difference between how men network and how women uh, network um I, I think from my experience uh, women are far more they, they embrace the relationship part quicker and ultimately, they get better results. That's just from my experience and what I observe. Um, and the interesting thing is, is what is it that maybe stops men doing the same thing? I think, yeah, it's interesting because uh, I've experienced similar to what you've experienced when looking at men and women in the same networking environment. And actually, in, when I've presented to um, all female groups or when you presented to a predominantly all male group as well, the, 
whilst the actual setup is exactly the same, and the meeting format doesn't change based on your gender, um, your ability to sell, I don't think really, you know, I'm no, no sort of behavioral scientist or anything like that, but I, I, I don't think that changes. I think women on the whole um, are open to um, being a bit more honest up front and trying to build that relationship very quickly. And, and I think they're very good with body language. They, they make you feel a bit more relaxed, that type of thing. Whereas I think a lot of gentlemen actually, when they go networking and, and you don't even find this the higher you go up the, the actual um, sort of director board level, actually, they actually feel very scared of walking into a room of, of other people, be the male or female, and actually having to strike up that conversation. And I think women find that a little bit easier. I'm sure we, we as two blokes holding this, this podcast, I'm sure that um, we will be being shouted down now. I can just <laughs> hear the voices in the background. But, um, you know, but I, I, I think women are better on the whole at making that initial first one. Whether they're as good as holding those relationships for long term, um, I, I'm not too sure. You'd have to see proper stats on that to make an informed opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. No, you're absolutely right. It's, it's that um, they seem to get to that point where they they're connected quicker, and I think there's some sort of barrier. And I think it goes back to the you know what I said at the beginning when I started networking. It was thinking that I'm there to sell to these people, and I just took the right. Okay, who in the room is likely to want to buy from me? Whereas. You, the first thing you need to do is switch that off and you just say, right, okay, who in the who in this room would I like to actually get to know a bit better? Start from there. And I think that's just, a, uh, I think that's where, uh, I think that's where m- most women start from. And I think that's what men could do a bit better. And I'm not, I'm not uh, stereotyping every man, man but, but in general, that's um, what we can all sort of work on and probably learn from, from the, the other um, sex that's how I see yeah, it. I agree. I think I think women are very good at getting also an accountability partner quite quickly. I think they're very mm. good at um, identifying someone that will be given that sort of you know, business support and as well as obviously emotional support. We all need that. But it is it is that what we were talking about a minute ago of having that having that person that's maybe in your close network. So in the same in the same room when we can obviously all be in the same room or or very um, safely socially distanced like we are at the moment that you can rely on, and uh, women yeah do tend to do that quite a lot. Whereas I think gentlemen will will come into the room, um, then I make sure that in our events that they're connected with someone in their in their sort of sphere that they want to talk to very quickly, and then I think they do generally ease into the event quite quickly. Um, there's nothing to be scared of. Exactly, that's right. It's just embracing the opportunity to meet other people, isn't it? Um, yeah, totally. So let's talk about something that you've already mentioned about the loneliness part, um, and it's quite easy to cut yourself off, isn't it, I guess? Very much so, yeah. If you, if you look at the broader point of loneliness, it's, it's, it's currently, I mean, not that we want a league table at the moment, we've got enough of those, but it's currently the, one of the biggest killers in the United Kingdom, loneliness, on a, on a wider social level. Um, and you've got to unfortunately be doing quite well to be near the top of that league table at the moment. Um, there's over 9 million people in the UK, which if you know, my maths isn't brilliant, but it's about, I would say it's probably about a fifth of the population that have, uh, that have been found mm. to be lonely. And that was a study done a couple of years ago now. And if you take that into, back to business, you know, if we're saying that almost one in five in the general population is lonely, 
if you boil that down to business owners, solopreneurs, whether you're working um, isolated away from a team in an area sales role, um, that can very often be, it's very easy to become socially isolated. And it's that social isolation when you might be working from home, um, you know, all right, all the families at home at the moment because of other reasons, but that's not always the case. And you might be thankful that that's not always the case, but it is hard to keep that motivation whilst keeping the, the wolf from the mental health side of your brain as well. It's, it's a massive struggle for a lot of people in the country. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I think you're right, and and it's something I think it's a mindset around you know um, actually realizing it and actually acknowledging that this is really important for my health. It's good for our health to be connected to people, and when we find that we are, are isolated, um, that's when um, well, it's we need to acknowledge it and actually realize actually this is not good for me. I need to reach out. I need to find people like me or not necessarily just like me but even just like sharing an interest and we've talked about business networking so when we go to those events it's we're all in the business environment which sort of connects us in some way but I mean there's loads of other ways we can stay connected I'm sure you've got some ideas around that. Absolutely yeah I mean there's the research research has shown you know, a lot of different methods. And, and I think one that we're sort of, you know, sort of doing today really is um, it's making those sort of human connections, but the internet and, and, and social media are actually virtual networking. It's, um, and if we don't even want to use the term networking to move it away from networking, just actually going out and building a community of like-minded individuals. Um, and, and a group setting is is very useful because that, that social interaction and human interaction it's it, we get it from the day we get it from the day that we're born, um, and hopefully, um, even though there are a lot of lonely people over the age of seventy-five, we, we keep some form of connection to our family right the way through to to the other end of the unfortunate life cycle. But it's very very important these days to have online communities, um, and no, and never more so now. And and obviously, we all know on the business front. That there's lots of online communities. Some people might argue too many popping up at the moment. You know. Um, and what's the value behind that and everything. But I'm a great believer in you can't have too many online communities and you can't have too many face-to-face networking groups either because you just don't know what the motivation is. And, Mark, you'll be able to move this forward way more than I will be able to. But, like, the motivation of that person to your left and your right is going to be wholly different from your motivation for being in that room. And, And who's to know whether that's because they need a sense of community around them. Absolutely, and that, and that is the reason why there's so many um, co-working spaces uh, popping up. Um, obviously, they're closed at the moment, but that's the reason why we need them is because there's so many, um, and I'm going to talk about this sort of solopreneur in the people that set up on their own, is that the, the, the motivation to set up on their own is comes from some, some uh, drive for freedom and doing things, maybe being more creative or whatever that they can't get from being employed by somebody else. But what kicks in after that is actually that they take for granted that belonging, that, that, that they didn't really realise how important it was to actually be connected to you know, an organisation or connected to a team and all those sort of things. And that's when they suddenly realise actually – this is, I've lost this connection now, and um, what can I do about it? And that's where co-working spaces are sort of filling that void, and I think that that's, they're really going to be important going forward. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky with one of my other businesses that a couple of my clients are co-working spaces. And obviously I've had the ability to look around them and, and also obviously do some work in them myself, you know, and, and it's, it's brilliant because it, it does pull people together of all social backgrounds, um, of all genders, you know, and it's, it's great. And, and it's really empowering also to see the ones that host weekly or monthly events in those co-working spaces so it's not just a bland white desk and black chair it's it's um you know it's an, a community for those people and they host maybe weekly or monthly networking events and it's been nice to speak at a few of those in the past and it, that is something that's grown i think in the last sort of 10 years in particular and it's now now seen the norm um, it's still daunting, though, for a lot of people still to go and embed themselves in that type of type of atmosphere. But the ones that do it really well, um, you know, and I've been in some great themed networking uh, events as well, because we all like sort of stimulus around us. Um, and, and who wouldn't want to go and sit in the middle of Mordor while they're actually yeah, doing the boring Excel spreadsheet, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and that uh, brings me on to the other... Um, I was going to... Talk about communication as, as connected to obviously staying connected. That's the important thing. That's obviously when we brought together. That's hopefully that what that's what we're doing, communicating. And now um, I know there's something that I mentioned at the beginning that you you do in your spare time, and that is um, stand-up comedy. So how do you think that um, that helps you when it comes to um, staying connected and and and, and what you do? Um, it's quite it's quite important. I think everyone needs to have a release from from work. Um, a lot of people are very very talented writers. They'll they'll, they'll write and they'll and they'll write the old fashioned way with a, you know, not necessarily with a quill, but they'll certainly have a pen or pencil to hand and, and they'll write freehand. Uh, a lot of other people obviously nowadays use various different technologies to record things. A lot of people do what we're doing now. They they record their thoughts down in an audio format, which obviously, you know, can form some fantastic podcasts and, and stuff like that. Um, a lot of other people paint, they draw, they sketch. Those, they're, they're more traditional hobbies, um, but I think it is really important, as much as we've just said how great technology is, that to enable you to, whatever you want to call it, to relax, de- de-stress, whatever else you really do need to have one of these hobbies and, and for me um, going back to your original question um, I've always had a passion for stand-up comedy watching comics on the telly in the 1980s through the 1990s um, my dad was a, you know a big influence in terms of um, he was very witty with sarcastic comments you know and, and I sort of sort of I suppose idol, idolized him and, and sort of did the copying thing that most children do. And nowadays, I don't get to write as much as I'd like being a business owner of two businesses, but it, there's so much good stuff going on. People watching is one of the most relaxing things you can do. Um, I, I'm certainly not advocating now going and standing in the middle of a mainline train station, but um, please don't socially distance people, stay away. Um, yeah, um, but when we can go back out there, you know, just go and stand on the balcony at Liverpool Street Station in London during rush hour and and all manner of wonderful things from love and affection and people meeting for the first time through to trauma that will be played out in front of you to people slipping over whilst they're rushing with the, to get their train with a kebab in their hand. There's, there's so much great stuff out there that will just put a smile on your face. Um, and you can be a part of it. Um, and comedy really is. It's there for everyone. 
don't judge comedy because comedy is abstract. It's it's not part of everyday working life. Um, there has to obviously be certain rules around that, you know. Um, but it's very easy to get offended by comedy. But I, I do observational comedy. I write lots of observational comedy. And, you know, you have to be able to take looking at yourself. You have to be able to take the mickey out of yourself because if you, can't, if you can't do that, you know, I mean, I said to someone this morning on a, on a, on a, on a Zoom call, you know, you know, I've got a lazy eye going off to the left and a lazy fringe going off to the right. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It wasn't my finest hour from a, a visual perspective, but we had a crappy meeting. Thankfully, this is a podcast, so we can't actually um, uh, see that at the moment. I'm sure it's not that bad, but I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think you're, you're right, and I think that the the, the comedy aspect, um, like communicating and all that stuff, really does um, bring people together, doesn't it? That's the interesting thing. Um, you know, some people um, don't really embrace the comedy from where it comes from. Some people are there to judge it as if something it's, you know, you can't say that or you can't say this as if it's some like you're judging thing or making some sort of um, profound statement. But comedy isn't like that. You just have to, first of all, take, like you say, not take yourself too seriously. Um, Cause if you are, then ultimately that's just going to cause you stress uh, and then understand what comedy is there for. It's, it's a communication, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's very, it's very important. And the, there's many beauties of comedy. Um, yeah, especially visually, you know, you can see just to see someone smile. Um, it's so powerful. Um, and a lot of lonely people don't get the opportunities to smile that much. So if you can make someone laugh, um, you know, um, dating websites, believe it or not. And, and I may or may not have encountered a few dating websites. They, they actually put the ability to make someone laugh either sex um is up there beyond looks um and who'd have thought in this you know very um shall we say at times trend orientated society we live in that that you put comedy up there above how you look because you know i'm sure there's more money spent globally gdp wise on um on um beauty products and making yourself look nice than there is of telling a good joke you know, so it's 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 very interesting. It just I think it relaxes people. Comedy it makes them into an abstract world where they can relax and not be who they are for a period of time. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, and I think, like, like I've already said, I think it is it is a way to connect, and it's an important part of our you know our makeup. And that we you know we are we need ways to connect and whether it is through comedy or whether it's through a shared um, um love for something whatever it is um we need to find out uh, what, what that's uh, how that works for us and, and get some strategies in place to make sure that we are staying connected and you know and i you know that's the reason why i, I think it was such a good uh, topic to talk about because i i i I hold you hold you in, in high regard when it comes to connection. You're a natural connector because I think you actually go out of your way to connect because you obviously, you know, that's that's you, you walk the walk the talk. I suppose uh, that's that's what um, people would say. So uh, sadly, we're coming to the end of our sort of um, half an hour or so chat, um, and this is where we sort of sum up what we've been talking about here. So um I, I tend to say you know give us three top tips um but what, how would you sum up um uh, what what staying connected is really about i would 
I would say staying connected is about having having a community around you. Um, make sure you've got um, someone that you can speak to at any point. That can be on the phone. There's plenty of great support networks on the phone. Um, if if face to face is more your thing, please use any of the groups that are available over the video conferencing at the moment. And many charities are offering one to one with with uh, trained people that are used to putting a smile on somebody's face. Um, phone, if you haven't got any friends or family, please, you can at any point drop me a message on LinkedIn or Facebook or any social media. Um, and, you know, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you. But staying connected is, is really about people. Um, and people will always be here and people will always be important. So please remember that, whether it's business networking, whether it's being part of an online quiz on Zoom over the weekend, or whether it's just speaking to someone about an addiction or, or, or loneliness, it's connecting with people. There's a real person not that far away. And that would be what I would want people to remember about any form of feeling connected, is that it's a human activity. We, we do it from day one, and um, long may it continue brilliantly summed up um well it's been a long time coming uh, for this this conversation um chris you've um well first of all i asked you to come on and you didn't know what a podcast was so we've broken Not down good. those barriers so i'm really pleased we've got to this point where we've had this discussion great topic um thank you for your time today likewise thank you very much mark it's been fantastic Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the episode, please take the time to leave a review on your chosen platform and share on social media. Don't forget to check out the Reluctant Leader Academy where you'll find a free 15 questions every manager should be asking themselves checklist that you can download to keep you on track every day. Leadership is a choice. When you understand the right mindset, know the process to follow and use key skills to keep things moving forward, you'll be on track to leave a lasting legacy. Until next time, be the best you can be and the inspiration for others to follow. Mm -hmm.